0: If you want to turn your Bibles this morning, be in the book of Leviticus, chapter number 16. Leviticus, chapter 16. A lot of times in messages we talk about the law, and all throughout the play we talk about the law. The Pharisees constantly talk about the law, and the law is this, and the law says that. And we talk about the Levitical law, and the Levitical law is certainly a very important part of life, certainly a very important part of the Scriptures, but Jesus said that he came to fulfill That we are to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. That means if we keep the first two, we'll not break any of the others. But here in in the Old Testament, we look at the law. This morning, I want to look at the law concerning sin, sacrifice, and salvation. Chapter 16 of the book of Leviticus, I'm going to read for a little bit. The Lord spake unto Moses after the death of his two sons Aaron when they offered before the Lord and died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat which is upon the ark that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat, and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh, and he shall be girded with a linen girdle, and with the linen mitre shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh in water and so put them on. He shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering." Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. "'Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell "'and offer him for a sin offering. "'But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat "'shall be presented alive before the Lord "'to make an atonement with him "'and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness.'" Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself and he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar, off the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense beaten small and will bring them within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord and the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. We'll talk about that cloud in just a minute. He shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people. Bring his blood within the veil and do that with the blood as he did with the blood of the bullock. And sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. He shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place until he come out and have made atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. He shall go out under the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it, and he shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. He shall sprinkle the blood upon it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. When he hath made an end of the reconciling of the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat. And confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. And putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send them away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. The goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not not inhabited. And he shall let the goat go in the wilderness. Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, and he shall leave them there. He shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place and put on his garments and come forth and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make atonement for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering he shall burn upon the altar, and he that let the goat go for the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in the water and afterward come into the camp. God, I want to tell you, thank you so much for your word, God. Thank you for this precious book. God, thank you for the stories of the Old Testament. Thank you for the miracles of the New Testament. Thank you for the miracle in me. And God, we tell you, each one is children of God. Thank you for the miracle that lives within inside of us, that the Holy Spirit and Lord would come down and indwell a sinner like us. Thanks to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you take just a few minutes. God, I pray you'd speak to me. I pray you'd speak through me. God, I pray you'd speak to these, your children, God, that your perfect will may be accomplished. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here in the the Old Testament, we have the necessary components of the sacrifice for sin. The high priest goes once a year into this holy place called the Holy of Holies. He goes in on the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement is the holiest day on the Jewish calendar. It's the day when the high priest goes Behind the veil he goes and makes a sacrifice for himself the sacrifice for his family and he makes a sacrifice for all of the children of Israel it is a sin offering it is an atonement for the children of Israel. What we see here in the text is that before he could go behind the veil, he had to do an offering for his own sin. He had to take care of his own transgressions, his own iniquities, before he could go in and take care of the sins of the other. So he had to kill this bullock, and he had to sprinkle the blood toward the east, eastward, seven times. And he had to remove his clothes and bathe himself and put on these Holy garments shall put on the holy linen coat, and shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh, and shall be girded with a linen girdle. That's in the verse number 4. And with the linen miter shall he be attired. These are holy garments. And therefore shall he wash his flesh in water, and so put them on. This is the only day of the year that the high priest is allowed to go into the Holy of Holies behind the veil into the most holy place into the presence of God. At no point in any other time is any man allowed to go into this holy place. We see that he had to kill this bullock and that he had to sprinkle the blood upon the altar. And and the Bible says there in verse number 13 that he puts the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. Incense here in our text is representative of prayer. It is offering something to God, asking for his mercy. The incense placed on the fire makes this cloud of smoke, and it says that this cloud of smoke covered the mercy seat. It covered the location there of the Shekinah glory of God. The cloud was not to keep the priest from seeing the place of God. The cloud was to keep God from seeing the sins of the priest. It's the same as the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ today. It's not shed to keep you and I from seeing God. It's shed to keep God from seeing my filth, seeing my iniquity, seeing my sin, seeing my shame, seeing my failure. God looks down out of heaven at this filthy rag, worthless and no good, and all he sees is his child because he looks through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and he sees me as one of his children, washed and cleansed. Thank you, Jesus. The priest wore this ephod and a robe. And this robe that he had had the 12 bells around the bottom of. Well, it had, had the 12 stones on the front and had bells all around the bottom. And the reason it had the bells on the bottom was so as he moved about inside the Holy of Holies. They could hear him going about his priestly duties, fulfilling the things that he's supposed to be doing. But not only did he have the bells around his garment, but he had a rope around his ankle. Because nobody could go behind that bell. And if he walked into the presence of God with any unconfessed sin on his life, if he walked into the presence of God and did one thing wrong, if he did anything outside of the perfect will of God, see, if there be any sin, God would kill him because sin is a deadly sickness. And the only thing that deals with sin is blood. So he had to take the blood and go behind the veil to offer it. But if he had anything wrong, God would kill him. And he had the rope. Or they could drag him back out, and you get a new high priest. This is a very holy day. It's a very significant day, a very necessary day for the lives of the children of Israel. On the Day of Atonement, it says that the high priest is to take these two young kid goats and to take both of them before the people and to cast lots on the two goats. Casting lots was God's Old Testament way of speaking to his people. It's kind of like what we would call rolling the dice or even flipping a coin. Can I tell you something? If I truly believe that God told me to flip a coin and he showed me his will and I flipped the coin willing to obey whatever he said, then that's not gambling. Now, I'll I'll cover that a little bit more in a minute. We saw some people gambling, and the Bible says that they cast lots. They did it for the clothes of Jesus at the foot of the cross. But this is simply God's children seeking God's will. They would cast the lot. The lot would come on the two goats. One of them becomes the sacrifice. One of them becomes the scapegoat. The one goat would shed his blood for the sins of the people, but the other goat was released with the sins on him, which symbolizes the taking away of the sins of the people. What we see here in this Easter season that we're in and that we're coming up on and what we see in the play that that we just finished and we'll be doing this weekend and He's Alive and what we see in the life-death burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is that Jesus did once and for all what these two goats could only do in symbol and they had to do it over and over every year. Jesus paid it all in one sacrifice. Not only is he our sacrifice, but he's our scapegoat. He's the one that took all my sins away. There's a gap. There's this great span between the mercy seat and sinners like me. And Jesus is the bridge that fills that gap. And the only way to get to Jesus is through prayer. It is through confession of our sins. The way to get into God's perfection is by confessing our imperfection. These two goats here in our text, they're one sacrifice. One pays for the sin, the other one carries it away. One of them is Christ's work in essence. That's the one that is sacrifice. The other one is Christ's work in the example, in the effect of the carrying away of our sins. Anybody glad that your sins are separated as far as the east is from the west? Never to be remembered yeah. that he separated us from our sins. Sacrifice is necessary for pardon. Where there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The blood is the only thing that can deal with it, and the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can save lost sinners. Verse number 5 says, He shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. That means that these are just two ordinary goats. They're taken from among the people. They aren't held to the same standard as we see in some others. They're not held as the same standard as what we see in the Passover lamb, Exodus chapter 12, that your lamb be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from among the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. These are just two ordinary goats. But they're presented to the Lord. And when two ordinary goats are presented to the Lord, they become holy because they're in God's use. The only thing that makes you and I holy is being presented to the Lord. Right. The only thing that makes you and I holy is being in the Lord's use. Right. That's right. If you want to see a difference, go back and watch one of the films of He's Alive. And you see us and all of our best Hoganese accents. And you see all of our mistakes and all the things that went wrong and all kind of issues when you go back and watch the film. But when the Holy Spirit's in the house, and he anoints his children for in holy use, yes. the power of God moves. Yes. And 129 people come to know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior in two nights. Yes. We're only holy when we're in God's use. Yes. Yes. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Here comes your shouting time. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the spirit of our God. You and I are just ordinary sinners. But we've been washed. That means we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Cleansed by the Lamb of God. But we've been sanctified. That means that we've been set apart for the work of the Lord. We've been justified justified, never done it. We have been made holy vessels to be used by God for His purpose, for His will, for His glory, for His honor, for His service. God chooses to use broken vessels just like us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, For even unto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Second Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said in verse number, tw- number 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead that you be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, Seeing that we have a, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. We're just ordinary goats made holy by the use of God's hand. It's just two ordinary goats. Here in our text, but when they're presented to the Lord, they're made holy. Verse number 8 says that Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats. One for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. For the children of Israel, casting lots is searching for the will of God. It's not some form of gambling. It is absolutely saying, God, will you show me what you want me to do? And then casting the lot that God shows his children the way. You understand that's what they had before you and I have what we have. We don't have to cast lots because we may come boldly into the throne room of grace. We have what they didn't have. We have the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have the blood of bulls and goats. We have the blood of the precious Son of God, the one that paid our ransom. And you and I are able to do what kings and priests and prophets of old desired to do. They desired to go into the presence of God, but had they done so, they would have been smitten dead. But you and I, through the blood of Jesus, can go talk First hand, through our intercessor to God Himself, and say, God, will you show us your will? And God Himself will speak to an old sinner like me. What a God! What a God! We see casting lots quite a bit here in the Word of God. I looked briefly, I said at least 48 times. Joshua did it in chapter 18 and verse 10. He cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land of the children of Israel according to their divisions. Saul did it in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 42, when he cast lots, said, between me and Jonathan, my son, and and Jonathan was taken. The mariners did it out on the sea that day there in Jonah chapter 1, and they were fearing for their lives, and they brought Jonah up out of the bottom and told everybody to cast lots, said, come, let us cast lots, so we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. It was God's way of showing people what to do in God's way of showing people direction and troubles? We see it in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter one. This is after the betrayal of Judas. This is after the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that the apostles came together and they wanted to replace the one apostle for where Judas was. They had to put the one, and so they chose two men for themselves and they cast lots. I'll look at the scripture, but I will tell you my thought before. I really don't believe this was the real replacement. I believe that Jesus Christ chose the first. Judas was the one that betrayed him I believe that Jesus Christ dro- uh, chose the twelfth again on the road to Damascus I think the apostle Paul was that twelfth one but Acts chapter 1 verse 23 they appointed two: Joseph called Barsabbas who was sure named Justice and Matthias and they prayed and said Lord, thou which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of the ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go into his own place. And there they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. The priest had a had a pouch. They had the 12 stones for each of the 12 tribes, and they had a pouch with the Urim and the Thummim inside that pouch. Those were stones that they used to seek the will of God, that God might show his priest how to follow him. What we see here in our text is that God would choose the goat that would be sacrificed, and God would choose the goat that would be set free. You and I are in here this morning because God chose a lamb that overrode the process. When Jesus is 12 years old and they pray out, he said, what if the law could be fulfilled? Uh-huh. It was. Yeah, Lord. And it is. Yes. Fulfilled in Christ. We don't have to go out and get blood and sheep. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So we see these, these two goats. One is carried inside. The one that's carried inside is placed on the altar of sacrifice. His throat is cut so that the blood spills out. And they take that blood and they put it on the horns of the altar. And we see that he carries it into the Holy of Holies. And he sprinkles it just like the blood from his own sacrifice, from his own bullock. He sprinkles it to the east seven times for the transgression of the people of Israel. But the scapegoat stayed outside. The goat that was slain, that's the anointing sacrifice. But what we see here is the one that was set free is the substitute for the people. Christ became both. The goat that was slaying his blood covered the mercy seat, but that couldn't take the sins away. That just covered them. The priest would then take the scapegoat, and he would put, it, he'd put his hands on the head of that goat, and he'd place all of the sins and all of the iniquities and all of the impurities of the children of Israel, he would place it on that goat, and then he would send it away with all of their sins into the wilderness, never to come back. Sin has to be atoned for, but it must also be taken away. When the blood is shed, that's only half the sacrifice. Here in our text, verse 21, Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions, and all their sins put them upon the head of the goat, and send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. Isaiah chapter 53 prophesies of the coming Messiah. If you ever wonder, did Jesus know what he was getting himself into? Did you ever wonder, did Jesus really come just to die? If you've ever wanted to know for sure that Jesus Christ knew of his sacrifice of the cross and everything about it before he ever came, all you got to do is read the book of Isaiah. Right. Right. It's prophesied of everything that he would do. Chapter 53, beginning in verse 3, says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yes, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Thank you, thank you. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Yes. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken? He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. And thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. His blood made the atonement for our sins. But God took all of my iniquity, all of your guilt, all of our shame, all of our transgressions, all of our evil. And he placed them on his only begotten son. He placed all of our faults on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that not only are they forgiven, but they are forgotten forever. You and I making forgive, we just can't forget. God has forgiven and forgotten. All of our sins are removed. In the Old Testament, it is a symbol. It is a picture of what Christ would do. You and I are living today, thank God, in the dispensation period of grace. It's all about grace. Jesus has paid it all. All we have to do is run to the Lamb of God. All we have to do is run to our intercessor. All we have to do is run to the one that loved us so much that he gave everything for us. All we have to do is run to Jesus. Confession of imperfection brings about perfection. We just have to run to him and admit our guilt and our sins. With This Old Testament type, both of these things had to happen every year. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of both, both once and forever. That it will never have to be done again. It doesn't mean that we no longer sin. It means that we have forgiveness for the sin. It means that our forgiveness is seated at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession. Atonement for my sins and for yours. Anybody thankful? I asked you recently. I think it might have been on a Wednesday night. But I asked the question. How many of you have some things in your life? before you were saved, some of them maybe after we were saved, that you wish you could go back and redo? You have anything in your past you wish you could go back and do over? You have some things before you were saved, a born-again child of living God. You have some things you wish you could go back, some wrongs that you could make right? Can, Can I tell you that we need to stop wasting time trying to go back and repay God for what He's already paid for? We need to stop wasting time trying to go back and fix things that God already don't remember. That he's already placed on his son and said it's forgiven and forgotten. One of the greatest tools that the devil uses in our lives is our past. One of the greatest things he'll use to destroy you, to tear you down, to remind you that you're no good, you're unfit, you're unworthy, you can't be used of God, you can't sing, you can't preach, you can't teach, you can't be a deacon, you can't be this, you can't be that. One of the greatest things that the enemy will use against you is your past. Y'all heard that, that old saying, when the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Can, can I tell you that the devil has been defeated? And so has my past. So has your past it 's all been defeated. It was conquered on Calvary. It was conquered by an empty grave. I tell you what if I, if I could get the band, you guys come up here. If I get the band, find them. Um, I, I want to sing a song while they're coming I 'm going to finish right here. Could I have you guys bow your heads just for a minute? Just for a minute right we while the band's coming down here. It's just a very simple question. Do you know that you know that you know that you're a child of the living God? You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. All of your sins have been washed away. You know you're going to heaven not because of any other reason other than what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you. You know that he he purchased your soul at Calvary. And you know that you've trusted him as your personal Lord and Savior. And you know that when you leave this earth that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know that you're saved and you're proud of it. You raise your hand right where you're at this morning. Yeah. Raise your hand right where you're at. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Lord. You put your hands down. So let me ask you this morning. Some of you couldn't raise your hand or didn't raise your hand. So let me ask you this morning, are you willing to change all that? The blood of Jesus is sufficient to save. All sinners. Paul said that he was chiefest among us, but I, I would have to argue that if he was here today because I believe I was. No matter what you've done, no matter what your sin, no matter what your guilt, there's somebody else in here just like you. Walked down the same road, lost in the same stuff, and the devil told them the same lies. God can't save you. You're no good to God. He don't want to hear from you. He'll tell you another lie. Well, and you get saved, You won't have any fun anymore. No, let me tell you what happens when you get saved. The Holy Spirit of God will take away the desire to drink, take away the desire to the drugs. He'll take away the desire to the dead ends. You know why? Because those are worldly fulfillments looking for answers that they don't give. They just take away the stain for a little bit, but when it's gone, it wears off, and you're just hung over, and it's worse in the end than it was in the beginning. There's only one thing that takes it all the way, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. The happiest I've ever been in my life is on this side of the day I got saved. And yeah, I got a lot of those on the other side. I wish I could go back and take back. But God don't remember them, so I'm not going to talk about them. They don't need me bringing up what he don't remember. But they're all washed away. Everybody in this place this morning can walk out of this door, child of the living God. But if you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's your only way. Are you willing to say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner? What I'm asking you to come into my heart, Forgive me of my sins and save my soul in Jesus' name. It's not a magic prayer. It's not a little poem. I'm just trying to give you some scripture. There must be a confession of sins of your own mouth, so you've got to admit to the Lord that we're a sinner. Perfection comes through confession of imperfection. So we tell the Lord that we're a sinner. And we ask the Lord to save our soul, and he will forgive us of all sin. One more time, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save my soul. In Jesus' name. 129 people trusted Christ Friday and Saturday night as a personal Lord and Savior. Three have already trusted him as a personal Lord and Savior this morning in detox that I know of. Is there anybody in here? I'm not going to come to you or point you out. Anybody in here this morning said, I prayed this morning. I've asked Christ to save my soul. You raise your hand right where you're at. just want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Anybody in the building this morning? Anybody in the balcony? Then if we're all children of God, we got something to praise him for. And that's what I want us to do this morning. He's washed away all of our sin, taken away all of our iniquity. He has fulfilled the Old Testament law and separated our sins never to be remembered again. Amen? I want to sing how great is our God. I don't know what y'all were there working on, but that wasn't the one I was thinking. That was one y'all was working on. I know how the Holy Spirit works. How great is our God. Y'all stand up. We're going to sing that. Listen, if you want to come praise him and thank him, you want to spend a few minutes in the altar and tell him thank you for all he's done for you, you're welcome to come on down and spend a little time. You want to be praying for the sick, praying for the lost, be praying for the Easter play this weekend. The altar is always open. You're welcome to come and pray.